0: The most evil guy i know man the most evil guy, the most evil guy I know. hi i'm Reed and i'm jamie lynn and you're listening to most, most evil, evil guy. guy a
1: fan cast about the show barry on hbo here we are we're at the mid-season point
0: things are getting crazy
1: I mean, this season's so good. I love it so much.
0: And last episode ended on such a cliffhanger. Such an exaggerated cliffhanger, too, because, like, we didn't even get to taste those reactions they had. It was just like,
1: oh, hi, Sam. (laughs) And also, Sam didn't do anything, so we don't know how to gauge him yet, because all we know is what Sally's told us. Exactly. So. So that brings us to episode four. What? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, what? What? (laughs) (laughs) that's the title of the episode it's what Um, this episode was directed by Liza Johnson who I want to point out has directed episodes of American Horror Story Mm. and Silicon Valley and what we do in the shadows (gasps) and most importantly American Woman which is a show that Kyle Richards of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills (laughs) (laughs) Developed and produced. <laughs> Wait, really? It did not survive one season, but it did feature Alicia Silverstone.
0: Oh, I'm thinking of a different show. I'm thinking of yeah. Miss America.
1: <laughs> oh <laughs> no! So this show was based tangent. This show was based on um, Kyle's childhood growing up with her mother. Yeah, so
0: it uh, Kyle Richards. Yes, Is it related to Keith Richards no no
1: no No. she's paris hilton's aunt and kathy hilton's sister okay and so she married a richards no no kathy hilton
0: married a hilton
1: (laughs) yeah so kim her sister and kyle their last name was richards kyle's actual last name is umansky She's Uh married to Mauricio Umansky, who now has a show on Netflix called Buying Beverly Hills.
0: Interesting. I'm surprised I haven't watched that yet. I love Selling Sunset.
1: Yes. So this is, you know, supposed to be a reality show. I haven't watched it yet, um, mainly just because I've been watching their family since 2010. So it's like, (laughs) what? Do I need another show?
0: (laughs) What else is there to possibly know about them? (laughs) Yeah, pretty much.
1: (laughs) Anyway, all that is to say. And this was also written by... Bill Hader's childhood BFF, Duffy Boudreaux. So sweet. Yeah. We also get to see a couple new actors in this episode. Most important among them, uh, we talked about Joe next last episode. He plays Sam. And there's also, I am going to butcher this name, but Nikita Bogolubov? (laughs)
0: <laughs> to me that sounds right i don't know
1: I, i'm sorry please send your hate mail to mostevilguy gmail.com
0: <laughs> but be nice about it
1: but anyway he plays our very gifted trainee marabek and his previous credits include being a russian guard on stranger things
0: oh yeah. okay.
1: he is actually russian though so that's great cool yeah
0: well we'll dive right in let's so episode starts in a restaurant, we've got Barry and Sally sat across from Sam, who appeared at the end of last episode. Sam is Sally's ex, and he purportedly mm-hmm. is going to San Diego on business and just was stopping through LA, which is an absolute ridiculous lie of the devil. Because, Nonsense.
1: It's the weirdest coincidence that ever happened. Yeah,
0: and that's like a terrible routing to get to San Francisco, or, or excuse me, San Diego. Um, Is
1: it? Everyone seemed to think that in the show, but I was like, I don't know if that's true. I'm not gonna Google Maps. You those. would
0: definitely just fly into San Diego. It's like okay. two hours by train. I don't know how long it takes to drive, but I, I I did that once because I was recording a like instructional video thing in San Diego, and I had been in LA for a conference, mm. and I took the train. And actually, it was a very beautiful train ride. There's like it's like the Coastliner or something. I don't know what it's called, but it's it's a nice train ride. However. If you can just fly into San Diego, fly into San Diego. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It's all a ruse. (laughs) we don't believe it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So Sally, you know, is just kind of being polite and making conversation. And Barry is seething. Oh, my gosh. Just like anger spilling out of his pores. So later on, he's got all this pent up anger and he just lets it rip on on Hank and the, the trainees that he is. Training as their new boss. contract combat instructor guy. Everyone calls him the boss. Everyone calls yeah. him boss. So, uh, cut to acting class a little bit later. Barry is kind of complaining to Sally, like, hey, like, what was with the way you were treating Sam? Like, she was a little too welcoming and accommodating to him. And she is overcome with emotion, breaks down, basically saying that the scene the way she wrote it didn't happen that way. <gasps> that she didn't stand up to him. No, And that she was able to get out in the middle of the night without waking him up. And she is stuck because she wants to tell this ideal version of the story that she wishes had gone that way. And she got her confrontation and had her, you know. But now if she tells everybody the truth, they're going to know that the original one was a lie. And Barry says that it's okay for people to have secrets. And I, I think it's at this point that he says, we should be able to be the people we say we are. Which is a funny thing to say Mm. because it could have two different meanings. But we'll put a pin in that and come back to it later. Oh, no.
1: I definitely want to come back to this.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, While all this is going down, Loach is bugging the hotel room that Fuchs is in because he needs to get Barry in for a confession. And Fuchs gets Barry on the phone and is uh, is like, hey, come visit me at the hotel.
1: Yeah. So... Sally goes back out on stage to, like, rework her scene after her conversation with Barry. And Barry's kind of watching her from behind the curtain and smiling and kind of happy with how everything went and pleased that Sally's sort of carrying on. And while he's watching her, he sees Sam up in the booth. Mm. Sam, I don't think Sam sees Barry. He's pretty distant, it's hard to say. But Sam is leaving barry follows him outside to the parking lot and is like you need to get out of here like it's very hostile and sam is retreating like he's Mm -hmm. getting into his car he's leaving but he says a lot of extremely shitty things on his way out back in class like and this is like so immediate too so barry like has this confrontation with him he leaves and then he calls sally and says, like, he moved up his flight. He's got to leave tonight. Mm-hmm. But there's something he really wants to give her. Will she meet him at his hotel? <laughs> oh, I know. I can't. Leave it at the front desk, bitch. Uh, so, even though her gut tells her that this is not a good idea, she agrees. Mm-hmm. Barry, meanwhile, like, flees back to his apartment like rushes into his bedroom rushes back out with his gun Mm -hmm. like we know he's very angry and some shit's gonna go down so we see sally arriving at the hotel the cafe where sam convinced her that they would meet (laughs) to assuage her fears is conveniently closed and she calls him and says you know the cafe is closed and he's like yeah i saw that just come up to my room like (laughs) i've got a pack i've got to get going." So she's, like, again, like, gut check, is not mm-hmm. into it, but she's already there. So she's, like, all right, yeah, fine. She goes up to the hotel room. We'll talk more about this in detail. But basically, he brought with him a flyer from a performance when she was younger. Mm-hmm. And then he tries to keep her there by saying that, like, his dad is ill or whatever. And it it, it just is not going well. Mm. <sighs>
0: Basically, Sam, at a certain point, uh, believes that they've come to an agreement, assumes they've come to an agreement that she's not going to do the piece anymore. And Sally is like, yeah, no, that's not right. I'm going to do the piece. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And he called her out for the lie that her piece contains, which is that she stood up to him. Yeah. And he's trying to make it seem like that one bad apple spoils a whole bunch and she can't do that. And he has a family... You know, you're going to ruin my life and all that kind of stuff.
1: Which, like, sidebar, how's his family going to know about her little acting class vignette? (laughs) I know, right? This is ridiculous.
0: Yeah. And, like, apparently word travels fast in Joplin because, like, she... And, and by the way, Kate is on my shit list for telling Matt. Who? Well, maybe Matt's on my shit list. Mark. Mark? Oh, Mark. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. He starts to become threatening.
1: Mm -hmm. um,
0: And Sally realizes it's time to leave. And as she leaves... Barry is literally right behind her, so, so close. <laughs> there's that moment when, you know, the door opens and then she's there instead of Sam, and he's like, you know, heart stops. And, <laughs> I love uh, that. So Barry leaves in a hurry, very pissed. He misses his meeting with Fuchs because of this. He's, um, you know, running um, late there. Fuchs calls Barry and is like, don't come here, um, mm-hmm. and then tries to escape the hotel. And without, you know, his father figure fugues, Barry runs to Gene and reveals the real story of what happened in Coringal. And he only does it after making Gene promise not to look at him differently, which, like, how are you <laughs> going to make someone promise that? <laughs> but he does. And he does. Absolutely. The story is that after Albert was shot, a man was hiding in his house and Barry saw him, thought he was the guy that did it, killed him. And it turned out that the guys who shot Albert were, like, on a roof somewhere his marine marine buddies or boss whoever it was that came in like told him yeah. right away it, was, it wasn't like did you do the right thing I don't know like right away they were like that was wrong like yeah. that was an ROE violation basically yeah they
1: were like that was not the guy
0: yeah that was a, that was a war crime and then Barry is discharged from the Marines
1: so Gene <laughs> much as Fuchs did in the last episode tells him to never tell that story again <laughs> to anyone. <laughs> <laughs> But he does comfort Barry and he tells Barry a lot of things, like, mm-hmm. you know, and, and basically tells him, like, I have a son and I was not good to this son and I wanna believe that everyone is capable of changing. And, you know, Barry asks him if he's he's a bad person and Gene says, you know, I think you're you're human. So this conversation really uplifts Barry, because to this point, he's really believed that, like, he can't be honest mm-hmm. with anyone, but he was just honest with Gene, and despite Gene telling him, like, please don't be honest <laughs> with anyone else, like, he did it, and he was not judged for it, and mm-hmm. so that really, like, makes him feel better. Yeah. It makes him feel like he has hope for himself. hmm Meanwhile, Fuchs is attempting to escape his hotel. Could be because Loach has bugged it. Loach is there. Like yeah. Fuchs is like, I don't want to get Barry in trouble. I got to get out of here. So we just see Fuchs like, he's on like the third floor and he goes out to a balcony oh and there's like no fire escape or anything. <laughs> and so he's just and I'm like, what are you doing? Like he's shimmying along this like part of the hotel and I'm like it doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. You don't like go to a window or like you know he, he'd been better off like chucking his stuff to the other balcony and jumping anyway. So Fuchs is trying to escape, and Barry appears outside, and he's like, hey, Fuchs. He's like, I got something to tell you. I'm going to come up. And then just like last episode, he, like, appears <laughs> <laughs> right there. And you're like, how did he even get there? <laughs> did he apparate?
0: <laughs> is he doing, like, double duty as, like, Barry Allen the Flash?
1: Like, <laughs> he, like, parkours everywhere? <laughs> like, <laughs> Anyway, he just appears there, and then goes into the hotel room, and he's like, you know... Gene told me all this stuff. Like, I I'm not gonna be a piece of shit anymore. Like, I can own all the stuff that I did. And unfortunately, he starts naming the stuff that he mm. did, including killing Moss. Ooh. While he's saying all of this, after he says he killed Moss, we see Loach enter behind him into the hotel room. He has his weapon drawn, which of course blows Fuchs's cover. Like at that point, Barry knows like he's been betrayed. And then Loach forces Fuchs to leave the room and sits there with Barry at gunpoint, showing him, like, he has a recording device, he caught all of this, he's got him. And, you know, he has this whole, like, monologue that's, like, makes us think that he's talking about Janice. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Barry's like, I'm so sorry. And then he's like, no, I want you. He shows him a picture of Ronnie Proxen on his phone, and he's like, "This guy's fucking my wife. I want you to kill him." And then like we're square, basically. And the episode ends with Barry saying, "What? <laughs> <laughs> Which is very appropriate, not at all, where we've all been led to believe this is no. gonna go this whole time.
0: It's so good.
1: It really oh. is.
0: Man, you remember like that game you used to play? I don't know, like if you ever play this in class, where you write a story line by line. Oh yeah, and you pass it. Yeah, to somebody pass it. else. Yeah. Yeah, and like there's a way to play that's like in in good faith with everybody, yeah. and then there's like a way to play it that's not. Right. This is like the best version of that, like playing that in good faith. Where like last episode, you never could have predicted this was the direction this was gonna go, Mm-mm. and taking all the same stuff and acknowledging it, and not changing a single thing or denying any of it create an amazing twist i just love it
1: and the great thing is if you look at it in reverse Mm -hmm. and you see like oh loach really wanted to go to cleveland on his own to talk to fuchs yes he cut his partner out of that scenario they've been layering in loach's issues with his wife and the quinceañera store and ronnie proxon and all of that like in hindsight you see that Oh, his game this whole time has been, this guy's the key to fixing my problems. Yes.
0: This is like a Kaiser Soze moment for me. (laughs) Because, um... Like, you look back to everything unfolded the way it had to. Yeah. And all the few times where I was like, why is he being such a dick to May? And, like, why won't you let her... And no uh, one
1: else is helping him with this operation. Yes. Yeah.
0: yeah." And I was like, "What? this doesn't make any sense why he would be so closed off to her. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe he's just grieving Moss and feels like it's justice he has to get on his own. But, man, they mislead you that entire time thinking that he's trying to get extrajudicial extrajudicial justice
1: yeah um, on barry you really think this is out of like his deep loyalty to janice and mm-hmm. feeling like she has been you know wronged and he wants vigilante yep. justice he does of another kind <laughs> yeah. he just wants the guy who's boning his wife to be right, dead
0: millhouse's <laughs> mom <Yep. laughs>
1: i loved that reference Oh. Mm. So Um. I want to start, okay, the way this episode opens, we are very close up on Barry's eyes. Mm -hmm. And I wrote, Hater got some eyebrows, huh? (laughs) Like, he has really fierce eyebrows. I think they make his face look a bit severe at times, which is, he has a very, like, malleable face. So he is able to overcome the eyebrows, but, (laughs) but his eyebrows in their natural state make him look pretty severe.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I relate to that because my default expression when I'm concentrating on something, basically like reading anything like that is like my brow will be furrowed. Yeah. And I used to have people come into my office and be like, are you okay? You look mad. And I'm like, uh, no, I'm just reading and I probably need
1: to be wearing my glasses right now. <laughs> <laughs> like this is my concentration phase. Yeah. I actually started doing that just so people would leave me alone. I did I started doing it years ago where I was just like if I just constantly look like whatever I'm reading is displeasing me then no one will bother me because they're like oh I don't don't want to mess with her yeah exactly but now all it's gotten me is these great grooves between my eyebrows that probably most women by my age would Botox but not me I've got some of those too (laughs) And then, you know, we're starting off, so mm-hmm. we're really close up on his eyes and those wild-ass eyebrows. And then we're still in that, I call it, rage space. So mm-hmm. we've got the howling wind, the yep. korangal wind, and we're, you know, watching his eyes. And I really love how they bring us into this scene by, like, slowly unfolding the sound. Yeah. Like, slowly they're mixing in more sounds of the scene yeah. and kind of bringing us up to speed on what's happening. I love that.
0: I also... This is my favorite title card drop of the season. Yeah. Yes. Because, uh, <laughs> yes. uh, you know, Sam is like, oh, something, something, Bobby. Yeah. And Barry is like, my name is... Boom! Yeah. <laughs> title card drops. And then they play it for Jeez. a joke where it's only there for like a half a second yeah. and then it's gone. And I'm like,
1: oh, f- I fucking love
0: this show. I want to kiss everybody who made this.
1: It was so good. <laughs> I love it. I... Oh, yeah. Okay. So I wrote... Sam is such a creep. Mm. He reminds me of the social worker and the girl with the dragon tattoo, which I don't know. Okay, don't watch it. Okay, it's, it's got some scenes in it that I own it on DVD because it's a great movie. Yeah, I that I can't watch. Mm-hmm. I saw it in the theater. I didn't know what was coming. Yeah, you know me. I have a really strong stomach. I can handle yeah. like anything. Basically, there's stuff in that movie I can't ever see again. Wow. Um, <laughs> but. There's a social, a male social worker character in that movie yeah. that ends up taking advantage of his position. Ugh. And Sam strikes me in the same way, where, like, yep. he comes across with all of the, like, niceties, but, like, right barely under the surface is just, like, a complete hatred of whoever he's dealing with. Like, it's just... I don't know. I just... He really creeps me out. The actor did a great job. Yeah, he really did. And then that's how we find out how sam found out about <laughs> sally's scene because kate told mark and mark coaches his kid and mark's kid in baseball and blah 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 yeah yep. but like we're literally talking about like a very compressed period of time and here he is yeah which is also super creepy
0: incredibly creepy it was mere days ago it seems right that yeah. um that if even like two days right yeah yeah it's just so disturbing and Here's one of the things that I love about the way they handled this domestic violence issue on the show is, like, perpetrators of domestic violence aren't, like, like a cartoon guy ready for a brawl, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, they're guys who their kid is in, you know, Little League with your kid.
1: And you're going to San Diego on business. Yep. Yeah. And, well, you're
0: talking like, you talk about the niceties and that, like, layer over the top is, like, this veneer of politeness and mm-hmm. good old Midwestern charm. And it's actually just masking, and not even masking, but enabling
1: the behavior underneath it. Well said. And the thing is, like, you know he's here for a reason. Mm -hmm. He's not just here to be here. Yep. Like, what is he here for? Yeah. So we don't know yet. Okay. What's interesting to me is as they're talking about the scene, I wrote, Barry talks it up and Sally talks it down. (laughs) she is minimizing danger, and he is courting conflict. (sighs) And that's how I see that, because she keeps... (laughs) Well said. (laughs) She keeps downplaying it. Like, it's not a big deal, it's not a big deal, it's not a thing, nobody's gonna see it, it's, you know, whatever. And Barry's like, it's amazing, it's so great, it's fantastic, it's a whole thing.
0: In Um, his mind, justice and, like, her getting her final word is more important, and in her reality... She just wants to stay alive.
1: <laughs> I think I think part of the thing is is that Barry cannot understand what Sally is mm-hmm. feeling, because he, as someone who goes around killing people, does not feel like he's in danger. Yep. Danger to him is like prison. Yeah. He doesn't understand what it's like for Sally to be in this situation where a man who literally choked her is sitting across the table from her, yep. and like he doesn't understand why she's. Not being the Sally that she wrote that she was.
0: Yeah, exactly. It reminded me of that saying, oh, who's who said the men are afraid women will laugh at them, women are afraid men will kill them? Who said that? I
1: can't remember who said it originally, but Donald Glover said it in his 2011 stand-up, which was amazing. Oh, really? <laughs> yes.
0: I didn't know that. I'm going to have to watch that. But yeah, that's what it made me yeah. think of is like, and Barry does not clock that this is a survival thing she's doing.
1: Yes. And not, l-
0: she's not being modest or humble.
1: Yeah. And luckily we do have more of that conversation later, which I really, yeah. I really liked. But before we get there, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> we go to training, <laughs> Chechen Mafia army training. I wrote, Hank looks like he's channeling Ina Garten. <laughs> oh my God.
0: Okay. Explain more.
1: <laughs> do you know who Ina Garten is?
0: Yes. Yes, I do.
1: Okay, so he's just, like, wearing this, like, really blousy linen shirt, and he has, like, a scarf, and he has a giant hat, and he has, like, zinc on his nose, and it just felt very much like... <laughs>
0: uh, like she's preparing a meal for Jeffrey and a bunch of his friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we want to have a nice desert dinner tonight. <laughs> exactly.
1: I was just like, wow. was so great. <laughs> but Marbeck in this scene like really invites Barry's anger Mm -hmm. and I was like is Barry actually mad at him or is he mad at himself because I do think he sees a lot of himself in him yeah because you know we see him getting the accolades from his fellow army mates yes Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so I can't tell really in that moment if it's Barry being angry at him for not paying attention or kind of getting too big for his britches, or if this is just because of everything that's happened so far in Barry's day, if this is just kind of pushing buttons for him.
0: I think it's probably both. And like, I think that's a really good observation too that like it's sort of re, it's echoing his past. And the way I was thinking about it on the drive over here was like, okay, if Stovecott is Ghost of Barry future. Mm-hmm. Mareback, or excuse me, no, Stovka's ghost of Barry past. Wait,
1: no, future, because it's like what he could become is this hallowed.
0: Oh yeah, 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 yeah of a person. Okay, yeah. So if <laughs> if Stovka is ghost of Barry future, mm-hmm. then Mareback is ghost of
1: Barry past. Past. Yeah, absolutely. So anyway, I think that's. I think that scene is interesting. I think it's interesting that they gave us a person in that group, in that Mm -hmm. army training group, that echoes Barry. Mm -hmm. It's an interesting choice.
0: And and the guy looks like he articulates, too, at at one point, maybe not this scene, but in a later scene, that he looks up to Barry and that he wants to be just like him. Yeah. And, like, that later in the episode, that's the point where Barry, like, contemplates what he's doing. Yeah. For maybe the first time. (laughs) He loves to do that, start doing something and then to (laughs) contemplate it. But, I mean, don't we all? (laughs) Um,
1: I mean, if he even gets to that point.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's true. He does spend a lot of his time in, what do they call it, the pre-contemplative state? (laughs) What are those called, the phases of change or something?
1: Um, Uh, Looks like me every time I say I'm going to work out. (laughs) Like, I'm contemplating it. (sighs) Okay, so we get to acting class and they have that conversation you mentioned and... He even says to her, like, why were you being polite? Like, mm-hmm. but she she was being polite. And mm-hmm. it's that kind of ingrained instinct yeah. that I think women have to just, like, mollify the situation. Yep. Because you don't want to invite the danger. And, like, you know, Barry's kind of pushing her on it. I don't feel like in that moment he's being, like, aggressive about it or, like, blamey. Yeah. He, he's kind of just like, I don't understand. Like, yep. you say... In this scene, like, I never want to see you again, but, you know, we're sitting there, you went out to dinner with him, and you're being polite to him. Like, he does not understand, like, he's trying to reconcile these two Sally's. Yep. And Sally gets really upset because it's forcing her to admit that, like, the version of herself that she wishes she was at 19 yeah. wasn't true.
0: Yeah. I think that, you know, at the end of last episode, you said immediately when Sam shows up, Sally starts making herself kind of small, um, starts to shrink. Mm. And that, I think that is an instinct, you know, make yourself quiet, make yourself small, you know, don't make yourself, yeah, just, it's a a survival thing. Yeah. And it's one that you, it's not conscious and nobody teaches it to you verbally and you just learn it.
1: (laughs) I wrote... I wrote, Barry questions why she's acting this way. He doesn't understand her shame. Like, and I think that's the thing is, like, Sally feels, and, you know, she does tell him at that point, like, it's not real. But, like, I think he just doesn't, he didn't understand, maybe he doesn't understand, like, how she feels deeply ashamed that Mm -hmm. she wasn't the Sally that was, like... Well, choke on this. Yeah. (laughs) I'm leaving you. You know, like, that's what she wanted to happen. Mm -hmm. But that is not what happened. And I think that's a good story. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Like, to me, that's a good story is, like, this is the situation I was in. It was horrible. And, like, I didn't do the thing that I wish I could have done, you know. But instead of that, Sally just tried to retcon everything and make herself, like, the strong... The strong hero woman of that story, which was totally incongruous with what actually happened. yeah,
0: And her experience. And that gap between what happened and and what she wanted to happen is filled with shame. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. And the wider the difference, the more shame she's going to (laughs) feel. And also, I feel like part of it is, like, again, a survival mechanism because you want to imagine that, well, if I went through it this once and this is what I would say now and what I wish I had said then, that you're going to be able to say it in a future scenario. But honestly, you don't know that,
1: like... But, I mean, look, we're back in this scenario. mm -hmm. I mean, Sally, you know, an ocean of time has passed since she was 19 years old and married to him. And yet he shows back up in her life and either after everything she's accomplished and done for herself in L.A., he shows back up and she is immediately triggered back into that space.
0: Yeah. It's like she's 19 again. Yeah. And all this, like progress that she's made and by the way i'm not blaming her for for how she left or anything like that and no i I will say also like that so i've said on previous episodes that i'm a survivor of um intimate partner abuse and just not like physical violence or whatever it took me like i was in that relationship for like 18 months and then i had to see this person like work in other professional settings for a while afterwards and uh It took me, like, a long time to leave from when I decided, like, this is not right to getting out. And I had so much shame over that for so long. But A, I was young. I was Mm -hmm. 19. (laughs) And B, the way that I managed to get out was a way that resulted in me not being physically hurt. Mm. I got to keep doing what I was doing. Like, it, you know, preserved the homeostasis of my life. And you do what you have to do. You know what I mean? If you sneak out quietly in the middle of the night, you get out quietly in the middle of the night. it's so hard especially for women in sally's situation who she's being physically you know abused as well it's it's so hard to leave because the threat is it's real and you internalize it like
1: i think we always want to just like keep things as calm as possible whether that's like for physical safety or just like not wanting to be sam accuses sally several times in this episode to barry and to her of doing this for attention being mm-hmm. dramatic dramatic yeah and so you don't you don't want to be that person who's the dramatic woman who's mm-hmm. just trying to get attention like when i was younger um i had a situation at work where i was being very much harassed by an older male coworker, mm-hmm. he actually went into my mailbox at work and mm. got my home address off of my paycheck that's so great which they were stuck in our boxes on Fridays mm-hmm. and he started mailing things to my home um, oh my god love letters even though you know I had a boyfriend I will want to point out to you at this time that this man was at least 30 years my senior holy shit yep And it culminated in him leaving me a dagger. What? At work. Yeah, it was so creepy. Holy shit. So in that situation, ideal me, what would I have liked to have done? Report him immediately. Like the first time a letter came to my house, I should have just went to, you know, the manager and said, like, this is happening. It's not appropriate.
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: But I just thought, I can handle this. It's fine. It just kept escalating. And ultimately, I didn't do anything about it. I just went to um, the manager and asked to kind of change my schedule. So I never overlapped with him. But I didn't say anything about what was going on. And eventually, because he couldn't see me, he didn't see me at work anymore. He lost interest, I guess, or at least got the message. Mm -hmm. And then he started harassing two other younger girls. at work. And I felt devastated by that. Uh. But it all goes to, you know, there's there's things that we wish we could do in those situations, like the things that like ideal us would do. Mm -hmm. Sally would have said, choke on this. I'm leaving you. (laughs) Yeah. You know, but we don't do those things because we don't want to be the attention seeker, the dramatic woman. We don't want to invite physical danger. Yep.
0: That is great point and something you just said about um by the way that's like a really scary story
1: (laughs) yeah it wasn't great
0: yeah like in retrospect (laughs) you're like um but no no like what you said about about being like oh it's okay i've got this because it like escalates right a little step at a time we're gonna see that later in this episode but um it escalates a little step at a time because the person knows if they come at you with a dagger right away you're like gonna call the cops
1: (laughs) yeah right um
0: (laughs) And there was the same situation, like, when I was in college, uh, this guy, after we broke up, he stalked me. He showed Mm -hmm. up pretending to be somebody else at my dorm to see if I had somebody staying over. And um, the security guard was like, do you, you know, want me to call somebody? And I'm like, it's fine. I've got this. Yeah. Like, I mean, (laughs) I just did not want to escalate. It did not want to be a problem.
1: Well, let's stay in that conversation. Because... After, well, actually, let's start with when Barry follows Sam outside. Mm -hmm. And Sam says some vile fucking shit Mm. about, like, I was there first. I got in there when
0: that shit was tight.
1: Yeah, which... (laughs) Number one, your vagina isn't like a rubber band that gets stretched out and (sighs) breaks every time. Okay, that is just (sighs) another one of those weird, gross, patriarchal things. About, like,
0: yeah. I, I just... saw a great meme the other day that showed a man's penis before and after he had a loss of sexual partners. And the first one is, like, a kielbasa, and the second is, like, a Slim Jim. <laughs> and it was just flipping the whole, like, you know, women tightness, yeah. looseness thing on its side. It was so funny.
1: It's, that kind of shit is so fucking rote and yeah, old. disgusting. So, anyway. <laughs> and, you know, basically, like. Sam – that's when Sam says to Barry, like, she's just being dramatic. She's doing this for attention. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it's always her.
0: Yeah, he always says, like, oh, you know, you know what chicks are like.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it totally betrays the fact that Sam's just had this veneer the whole time of, (gasps) like, what?
0: I just realized episode four in last season was also about toxic masculinity.
1: Oh, my God, it was.
0: Yeah, and episode four (laughs) of this season is about how that culminates and comes to a head. Yeah. And, ooh – We get to talk about... uh, Okay, I'm going to keep that to myself until it comes up. Okay.
1: So, you know, Barry chases him off, but, like, that's when Barry decides, like, something needs to happen. Sam wastes zero fucking minutes calling Sally. Mm -hmm. And I was like, he's exerting control. Yes. He, you know, Barry is a threat to him. And so he immediately calls Sally to basically control her. Like can you come to my room and like you know her instincts kick in this is a man who is dangerous to her yep and she's like no you know and then he's like oh you know we can meet somewhere else you know we can meet downstairs if you want and like she's like okay yeah that's fine so when she gets there, obviously the cafe is closed, and, which he knew. He mm-hmm. knew the whole time. Absolutely. He's like, oh, yeah, I saw that. Um, just come up to my room. I'm packed. Like, he puts the urgency on her.
0: Yes. And makes her feel like she's the inconvenience. Like, yes. if I come down to you, it's going to inconvenience me. Yep.
1: I got to pack. And so she reluctantly goes up. And there's that moment where, you know, she goes to the room she goes in and she stands in the open doorway Mm -hmm. like she does not want the door to close and her to be in there with him and knowing that he stands across the room from her and like limply holds out the thing that he wants to give her and makes her come to him and when that door shuts behind her she like for a split second turns back around like she feels like a caged animal at that point
0: yes because it's a trap it is a trap. <laughs> exactly. That was while I was watching it unfold. I have goosebumps now, and I had goosebumps when I was watching it happen. And what you said about him standing so far from the yes. door. And he's like kind of it got like was a purposeful a half smile on his face. And like you said, limply holding out this yeah. this thing. It's it, like it, how it, you would a,
1: a stray animal.
0: Yes, exactly. Yeah. And it's because he set a trap for her.
1: Yeah. And when, you know, she doesn't seem super into it, she's like, oh, thanks. And then goes to go. That's when he's like oh, you know, I've been having a really hard time lately. Like, my dad is sick, and he sits down. And so, like, if he can't catch her with the normal stuff, now he's going to catch her emotionally. Yes. And, of course, she does the polite woman thing. Yep. Of, like, oh, no, how's your dad? You know, like, he brought her back into the room with that. Oh, it's just so calculated and horrible.
0: And this is the thing that I think, like, people assume that, men who are violent women can be violent too i'm just saying that but like in this case you know it it, where where someone is abusive and that it's about the power and control Mm -hmm. and not just like a moment of rage not that that's okay but it's it's not somebody flying off the handle and being out of control that can happen yeah but the thing about these patterns of abuse is that it is intentional it is planned this person is doing everything in their power whether or not they realize it to maintain control over another person yeah.
1: and he's employing these tactics in mm-hmm. order to keep her in the room until he gets what he wants which in this case we find out is for her to agree not to do her scene yep and like you said he takes it as a given that they've mm-hmm. come to this unspoken agreement that you won't do the scene then and the fucking expression on his face when he says that like I want to punch him <laughs> i too like barry would fetch a gun um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> i love that sentence <laughs> <laughs>
1: but like and then he says it to sally like you're being dramatic you're doing this for attention and he starts yep. losing his shit
0: it's not even true like he, he throws yeah. the parts the parts of the her story of her telling of the story that are not true yeah and looks the entire part that is true
1: but that was the thing, like, he nails her with the thing that she's most sensitive about, which is that mm-hmm. thing that triggers her shame. Yep. The thing that she didn't really do in reality, and that Barry told her was okay to pretend that she did <sighs> to make her, you know, to make it better.
0: The thing that, like, hurts so much to watch that happen is, like, like that's literally my experience. My abuser made me do things that I felt super ashamed of and then used those things that I was ashamed of to control me. Yeah. They control you into doing one thing, and then they use that thing to control you to do other things, and that's exactly what he did. He had her come to the lobby. Mm-hmm. He had like it's just oh, it was a beautiful, literal
1: Russian nesting doll. Yes, thank you. <laughs> of yeah, abuse. exactly.
0: It was like. It, 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 <laughs> It was both happening in real time and allegorical. Like, you know, you yeah. take one step and you're like, well, this can't be that bad. That's okay. I can deal with this. Yeah. And the next thing and the next thing. And then suddenly you're in the trap and there's no suddenly way Suddenly he's
1: screaming at you and punching the wall mm-hmm. next to you. And like, yeah. Yeah. When she opens the door and <laughs> Barry's standing there with a gun <laughs> and he sees Sally. It's just like, oh, shit. And, like, you know, gets out of everyone's eyeline as fast as he can. But, like, I think it's in that moment, because he goes back to the car and, like, does that thing where he smacks himself on the head a lot. Yeah. I, I, he, in that moment, he realizes, like, oh, I almost just fucked up really bad. Yep. Because he lost control of his emotions.
0: And if she had turned around, he either would have had to shoot her. God. Or she would have known... That she's with a violent man.
1: It was not going to be good.
0: Either way, (laughs) like both, I mean, I prefer that Sally live, but like, you know, geez. Yeah, it was not great. And he registers at that time, though, that that what he, I almost just did something stupid is what he tells. uh,
1: Yes. uh, Does he tell Fuchs? Yes, he calls Fuchs first. And then that's when Fuchs is like, don't come here, don't call me, like, lose my number. And that's when he turns to Gene because Fuchs has rejected him. He doesn't understand why Fuchs has suddenly rejected right. him. He just knows that like he needs to talk to somebody about like the fact that he almost just lost control and did something terrible. But I just to cap off Sally's arc this episode, I think the writers did an amazing job with us. Mm-hmm. The actors did an amazing job with us. And to me it it reads really real and Mm. true but i also like how they used it for our characters to explore things you know yeah barry's explored a lot about himself through what sally's experiencing in these last two episodes so i just it's really good yeah so well done yeah So Loach has Fuchs basically, like, hostage in this hotel room. Mm-hmm. They're waiting for Barry to show up all day so Loach can get this confession from Barry. And we think that's because he's going to, you know, take Barry down for right. killing Janice. He's finally get justice. Yeah. Which, if so, good for him, man. Yeah. He honestly, well, like, had he conducted this operation more by the book and yeah. not just been, like, Lone Ranger about it, he actually got this confession. Yeah, yeah this would be good evidence. Like, good luck, you know, Barry Berkman. Um, <laughs> but that's not what he does. <laughs> but they're waiting for Barry. You know, Barry had called earlier in the day, and Fuchs was like, yeah, come over, we'll talk. But you can tell, you know, as Loach and Fuchs are spending time together, like, Fuchs is, like, having, you know, questioning this whole mm-hmm. thing because he reconnected with Barry. He's not really feeling like he wants to take Barry down right now. The Fuchs being Fuchs, you know, that pendulum swings both ways. What I love is that when Barry calls him Loach's Pad, <laughs> that whole shtick of, like, get him here. This <laughs> just scribbles that approximate my actual handwriting. <laughs> but... that whole scene was just so funny. The way Loach just scribbles on a pad, and then Fuchs is like, that's what that's supposed to say? He's just, like, like,
0: more emphatically pointing to it, like, that helps. (laughs) Get. Him. Here.
1: (laughs) And then he's like, the address is, and it's just more scribbles.
0: My handwriting is
1: so bad, man. Oh my god, it was so funny. I don't know if that was something they wrote in, or, like, it must have been, because it was just so good. But I love... I just love how they find those little moments <laughs> yeah. to do something hilarious.
0: And it's like, they managed to balance, like, the tension of what's happening on that yeah. call with this funny thing that, like, doesn't overpower the the scene. But no, it's, there, it's like a little flavor, a little spice.
1: It's so good. It was so funny. <laughs> but, you know, Fuchs starts feeling bad. And so when Barry calls him and wants to talk later after almost killing Sam... It's, like, out of that concern, like, uh, protecting Barry, that he's, like, don't talk to me. Don't come here. And that's why Barry turns to Jean. And this is, this is, like, an episode of tough conversations. Yeah. But it doesn't, it also, like, doesn't feel too heavy either.
0: It's funny, because, like, there is a lot of just talking. Yeah. But it doesn't feel talky because... No. ...of the performances that are happening, like, and, yeah, I... yeah you're right it's a lot of tough conversations and it's a lot about like truth and what Mm -hmm. is truth and is truth subjective and
1: barry is just like i don't like who i become when i'm angry which like who does i mean yeah is anyone proud of how we act when we're angry there's
0: a whole ass comic book about it like (laughs) (laughs) yeah
1: i mean yeah that i aren't like all regrets from angry times you know, pretty much, yeah, yeah. So Jean basically asks him, like, "What's the real story with Albert?" Like you and I really like how they approach this because they need they being the writers mm-hmm. they need to get this story out of Barry mm-hmm. in a way that feels authentic because Barry is not a person that just gives us exposition. Yes, so they need to get it out of him in a way that feels genuine, and I think Jean saying like you know basically like you brought this story up there's a reason why you want to tell this story Mm -hmm. so tell me what happened felt really good and so barry tells him well (laughs) barry's like i can't tell you you're gonna look at me differently which is true yeah he knows that's true fuchs has told him that's true you know and he's like i can't tell you you're gonna look at me differently And Jean says, I promise you, I will not look at you differently, (laughs) which to me reminded me of, um, what is it, Team America, World Police, where (laughs) the guy's like, I promise you, I will never die.
0: (laughs) An unkeepable promise.
1: Exactly. (laughs) You're like, "Mm, I forgot about that. I promise you, I will not look at you differently. I
0: promised other people I would be on my worst behavior. (laughs)
1: So Barry tells him the story, you know, basically like, and this is where we see what really happened, which is, mm-hmm. you know, Barry looks up from Albert, who's wounded. You know, Barry's caught up, like, we saw him fumbling to get his quick clot pack out, and like, he's really caught up in the intensity of the moment, and he sees a door slam behind them. Mm-hmm. And in Barry's mind, that's obviously where the shooter is hiding. So he storms into the house. And he shoots the man in the house, who is obviously unarmed. His hands are in the air. Which isn't to say he didn't, like, chuck a gun under a bed or something. But, you know, in the Mm -hmm. moment. Yeah. (laughs) But, like, immediately right on him are three other Marines who disarm him and subdue him. And are saying, like, that's not the guy. The guy was on a roof. You know, like, basically, like, you just fucked up big time with, like, no evidence that it was this guy. And Barry says, like, oh, actually, I wanted to point this out. So the guy who's yelling at him, standing by the door, the Marine that's yelling at him, like, that's not the guy, you fucking psycho. Mm -hmm. Do you remember when they were having this conversation with the class and Barry's like, you all said it, you said I'm a fucking psycho. And, like, no one had said that? Yep. They brought it back and they stuck it in here and someone called him a fucking psycho and it stuck with him. What point is it where
0: Kusano says, I think we all agree that if you kill outside of the context of war, that was the you're same, a psycho. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That was the same like moral injury conversation. Yeah. So anyway, he says after that, they sent him to a hospital in Germany and a friend of the family got him discharged. Yep. Which we know is Fuchs.
0: Okay. I want to like put a tiny pause there because- yep. Uh, what career do you think that Fuchs could have possibly had, or role, or importance, or power to get Barry discharged?
1: I feel like Fuchs was like a cook in the Navy at some point. But, like, <laughs> why
0: would he have the power to do that?
1: I don't think it was a power move. I think it was more like you have to think about the time frame. Yeah. I think it was more like uh, massaging the mental health aspect. And just saying that, like, you know, you can't keep him in. He's fucking cuckoo bananas. Like, we just need to discharge him and get him out of here. And, you know, we can speculate. But, like, is that because Fuchs was really trying to do what was right for Barry? Like, get him out of the situation at the time? But, like, Um, who did
0: Fuchs know, you think? Like, would he, like, write a letter? Like, a character letter? Or, like, what, what strings could he pull?
1: I don't know. I have no idea it'll be interesting if we ever find out more about fuchs yeah. but the way fuchs conducts himself i do think there's some kind of service background with him yeah so i was yeah. like
0: i wonder was a like defense contractor anyway this is sheerly speculation i was just curious i was like what strings could you pull to get someone discharged instead of court-martialed
1: i don't think when he said that i didn't take it to be like someone pulled strings to get him discharged i mean he was already hospitalized at that point yeah i think it was more like fuchs kind of shepherded the process along yeah that's how i took it
0: he could have even lied and told barry that he pulled some strings to get him discharged that's possible yeah
1: we don't know the character of his discharge no we don't i imagine it's probably honorable though so they didn't have to deal with the uh, outcome of his outburst
0: oh you think so yeah because if they did other oh, not, they would have to take administrative.
1: They'd have to say why. Uh-huh. So that's my yep. guess. So. anyway, this has been
0: your military minute. <laughs>
1: yeah. So we pull out of that story where we actually see what happened. And by the way, Bill Hader's crazy face at the end of that. Oh, oh my God. He's like so in the moment, like shocked like he's in shock yeah like he has no idea what just happened he had like an out-of-body experience where he murdered someone
0: and the irony is that like moments earlier he was telling albert he was going to shock (laughs) that's in the first aid version where he like saves someone's life but he's like oh come on buddy you're going into shock yeah and maybe you're actually going to shock too man
1: yeah, totally. So we pull out of that to Gene saying, like, who have you told that story to? And Barry says, in class, no one. No, that Barry didn't say. Yes. Nobody ever. But just, like, in class, no one. And he was like, good. Never tell that story <laughs> to anyone again. Because you basically got away with murder. <laughs> oh, my um, God. But that's when, you know, Jean starts talking to him and saying, like, you know, Barry's like, am I a terrible person? And Jean's like... You know, I have a son, and basically, like, this is where we kind of peek behind the curtain a bit and see that, like, Gene is trying to make a genuine effort. He's just such shit at it <laughs> that you know he's just like, I I pray that human beings can change their nature. And then he basically says, like, you you came here, you are talking about your feelings instead of acting on them. Mm-hmm which is what Barry did earlier in the acting class too when he removed himself from the situation when Sally and Jean were pushing at him. Yeah. And so, you know, and Barry's like, you know, do you think I'm terrible? And Jean just says, "I think you're deeply human," which is a really nice non-judgmental way to phrase that. But also doesn't say, like, (laughs) I think you're a super cool guy. (laughs) So. You're, like, Um, the
0: most evil guy I know, man. Like, it's, like, his (laughs) version of saying that. I think you're deeply human.
1: Yeah. But, like, Barry's very overcome and, like, he he hugs Jean, which is, like, a big expression for him. And there's something so childlike about that move. Like.
0: Oh. Oh, my God. Cute.
1: Yeah, Um, the cat's cradle. (laughs) Yeah, it's really heartbreaking. There was something really, like, childlike about him hugging Gene. And then Gene, true to form, charges him for his time. (laughs) Oh, my God. I just love how he pulls out of that hug and he's like, my private lessons (laughs) are billed. In a different ledger, <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, oh, it was
0: so good. Oh my god, I love that joke. I would
1: pee my pants with laughter if I, I, I hugged somebody and they said that to me.
0: I don't think <laughs> I could act opposite any of them, but like I, I love watching Barry take notes like in the theater from Kusano mm-hmm. because you can tell. That he's, like, trying to keep his jaw in place to, like, not laugh. It's so good.
1: <laughs> yeah, it would be so hard. Oh, yeah. oh my God. They need to put, um, well, I was going to say they need to put Mindy Kaling and Bill Hader in a show together, but he <gasps> was in the first episode oh, of Mindy yeah. Project. But they both break so much that, like, nothing would get done. It would be <laughs> hilarious.
0: <laughs> oh, I love them both.
1: So, I mean... That's what's, like, super heartbreaking about this, is, like, he has that conversation with Mm Gene. It's great. It really fills him with a sense of, like, I can be a different person. Yeah. Which is what he's been trying since season one. Yeah. Like, he wants to be... He even says it to Sally earlier in the episode. I'm Barry Block. I'm an actor. Like... He wants to be Barry Block, the actor. He yep. does not want to be Barry Berkman, the killer, anymore. Yeah, it's
0: so significant that he says, I'm Barry Block. Yeah. When he's it, literally coming off the heels, too, of saying, like, we should be able to see be, be who we say we are. Yeah. And that was, like, the thing that I wanted to come back to was that when you say that, it could go one of two ways. It could be, we should be able to be the people we say we are. And whoever you say you are, that's who you sh- you must be. Mm-hmm. You should be. He's saying, basically, we should get to choose
1: whoever we are. (laughs) You know what I mean? Well, and she says, you want me to lie? Yes. So right there, there's a disconnect between how Barry sees this and how Sally sees this. Sally's like, you're telling me I should just lie about what happened. Yeah. And Barry's like, it's not lying. You're just being the person that you say you are. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
0: Is lying not for you? Try being the person you say you are. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, but like the the hope that he has after that conversation with Jean is like really nice and really yeah. sweet. But also, you have to remember how many people he has murdered.
0: <laughs> I so, feel like that's the asterisk that he's just like float around every scene, <laughs> like just like.
1: But it's the same. It's the same fucking thing. Yep. That he he said when he was on the dock with janice Mm -hmm. it's like things are different now like he basically thinks that like when he starts over Mm -hmm. air quotes (laughs) that he no longer has to pay for the sins of his past oh my gosh he he takes away from from gene this conversation with gene that like he is washed clean he doesn't have to be that person anymore but it it never seems to occur to him that like he's trailing all of these bodies behind him.
0: And you just murdered his girlfriend. Yeah, but we're not gonna talk about that. <laughs> yeah.
1: So when Barry shows up to Fuchs's hotel and parkour is up, <laughs> you know he says like. I can change my nature. Like, he's so excited. He's so effusive that Fuchs can't get him to shut up. Mm. So he's like, I can change my nature. I can move past it. I'm not a violent piece of shit, you know? Like, it's all of these things that Barry has worried that he is. Yeah. And that he probably is. But, like, it's just so strange to me how, like, a person outside of him can tell him something. It's like he has no... Real personality himself. Yeah. I mean, he just, anytime someone tells him something, he just absorbs it. Yep. I mean, I don't know. I would say that would make him a great Marine, but we saw him. He wasn't so (laughs) great at that either. Like, he was good at the (laughs) part where, like, people got killed, but...
0: It's so interesting to me, too, that that, like, remains such a point of pride in his identity, even after the circumstances under which he got out you know.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, good point.
0: But I guess it's all he has to, to hang his hat on, because otherwise he's just got to be, you know, a contract killer.
1: It's so weird, though, because, like, did we figure out about how old he is here? I think we figured out he was, like, 39. 30, yeah,
0: 37 or 39. Okay. Late, late 30s. 30s, yeah.
1: Obviously he was younger when he was in the Marines. I don't yep. imagine he was in super long. Yeah. Um, so, Has he just been killing people for Fuchs for, like, a long time?
0: I have to imagine, yeah.
1: I don't know. It's just so weird.
0: Would you watch a TV show about young Fuchs?
1: No, because Fuchs is a piece of shit. I don't care about him.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm just curious, like, what he got into before he got into contract killing.
1: I don't know. He probably, like, caught rats or... (laughs) 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 <laughs> sold used cars i don't care <laughs>
0: i still want my janice moss spinoff though
1: i know i would watch that when do you think i'd
0: be set would that be set in like the early thousands or the 90s like how old do you think she was
1: i want to say oh my god can we do mid-90s and she has like a queen latifah haircut that would be great Ah. Uh... okay i'm in it and the soundtrack would be Awesome. Oh my god, it would be so good. <laughs>
0: we should write that just as like a stunt spec.
1: <laughs> Janus Moss, when i Janus Moss L A P D. <laughs> so I wrote when Loach comes in to the hotel room, I wrote the music choice is perfect. Because it was really like a very like it was almost like spa music. It was really, like, oh. sort of, I don't want to say angelic, but it it had that kind of, like, spa music feel where it's just that sort of glowing, like, uh, I don't remember. Like, I I don't know how to explain it other than spa music. But it was, you know, you expect in that situation where, like, Barry has just been caught. Yep. He's been caught by a cop mm-hmm. with a confession on tape that he murdered a cop. Yeah. Like, you would expect that to be a really tense scenario yeah and instead they layer in this like really (sighs) chill uh it's to me it's like the music that goes over like a really aesthetic montage in like like, an indie (laughs) film and so it's just like i was like that this music choice is perfect because it really what it does is it kind of like takes the the temperature of everything down a bit Mm. and you're really able to pay attention to what's going on rather than being ratcheted up by the music that i did not notice that i'm gonna watch that scene back oh yeah wow i i just liked that choice because what is happening would lead you to think like everything needed to be tense yeah and like really intense and instead we get like this low music and like that really allows us to kind of sit with like Barry's reaction to what's happening and Loach's emotions of yeah. what's going on. I just thought it was a really good choice. But <laughs> then we get nailed with what Loach wants him to do. Which is <sighs> so bananas.
0: It is and I love the the speech that he gives mm-hmm. about like did you ever love someone so much yeah, and then you know have taken away from you and It's a total misdirect. Yes. And then as soon as you clock what he wants them to do, retrospectively, like, everything snaps into place. And you're like, oh, my God. This guy who in the pilot episode was played more or less for a laugh that he was, like, sad that his wife had left him. (laughs) It comes to pass halfway through season two that his grief in that first episode is what's going to get Barry off the hook.
1: And the only time he's been a good cop in two seasons has been to get evidence to blackmail the man that he wants to murder his wife's boyfriend yep (laughs) it's insane oh man but like i'm excited for the future
0: (laughs) (laughs) same man what a good episode and he's so funny too loach
1: yeah he's really really funny i'm telling you that shit with the pad killed me Uh, we didn't so i feel like episode three we got a lot of hank um, episode four we didn't get much hank but we mm. got like a lot more like loach and Fuchs were kind of our comedic relief and you know just barry sally and Jean all had a lot of like hard conversations and a lot of growth so i think that's everything i had um. i do think it's interesting that when leo brings the strawberries like Jean kind of has the wherewithal to ask him what made you come here basically And he said, you made an effort, which I do love how he caveated that, though, by, like, my wife and my therapist won't like this. But would you like to get dinner sometime? And I was like, yeah, that's accurate. They're not going to like it. (laughs) But I like that Gene, to me, because that happened earlier in the episode and then he goes into that conversation with Barry, I think that was important for Gene to be rewarded for his effort and that reward was like leo reaching out to him then Mm -hmm. i think that gave him more confidence and a in a different point of view when he was talking with barry i agree yeah yeah definitely man oh what a good episode hey
0: midway through the season and things are about to get fucking bananas (sighs) i mean they're already pretty bananas but
1: they are pretty bananas i mean we've got this whole thing with loach You know, I mean, Barry's been caught, basically. He's been caught. Yeah. And if he doesn't do this thing for Loach, it is, like, prison for sure if Loach doesn't, like, cop kill him. Yep. So it's not good. And Fuchs is right there with him. Yeah. I mean, they've got Barry, they've got Fuchs. So it's just not good. And, you know, Sally's in a little bit of a dark space. At least we're relieving her here. Gene's the only one here that's really well. Gene and Hank, I think, are the only ones that really have something positive to look forward to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so well,
0: and and, and he's doing pretty well. His future looks bright
1: in the Chechen mob. Yeah, in from inside the shipping container where he lives. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, at least he's got an IKEA rug. Do you have a most evil guy for the episode? Oh man. I mean, Loach.
1: Loach, yeah. Loach. He could have done the right thing. He, If he had followed protocol, he would have this confession mm-hmm. of a guy who's killed many people, one of them being Janice Moss. And yet he instead has done all of this and will <laughs> use it for purely selfish reasons to kill another person. That's fucked up. It's Loach. Loach. All right. I like it. You?
0: Um, minus Sam. Um, oh, good
1: point. Sam is a piece yeah. of shit.
0: I'm picking Sam because of the, like, insidious evil he represents, mm. where, like, there's a billion guys, well, maybe not a billion, but there's, like, a million guys like him out there. No, there's mm-hmm. at least
1: a billion. At least a billion. <laughs> <laughs> probably, like, <laughs> three billion.
0: <laughs> you know, I mean, like, not to bring up stuff in the news, but, like, multiple stories in the news just in the last, like, week, week and a half of... Men who were supposedly like upstanding family men murdering their entire families, like uh, murdering their Yikes. spouses. I listened to
1: NPR. I haven't heard any of that.
0: <laughs> one of them was in Utah. One of them is in Maryland. And again, the guy in in Maryland or wherever he was, he has not been convicted yet. But I mean he definitely did it. Like he went to he went to Home Depot to buy like cleaning supplies and
1: duct tape and, and like a hacksaw. So, just to be fair, those are all things I have purchased from Home Depot in the last year. At the same time? Uh, the cleaning supplies and the hacksaw, yes. After your spouse went missing? No, he's still here. <laughs> I'm just saying. No, I know. <laughs> a defense attorney could make hay with that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh that's so good <laughs> but anyway long story short he represents this this insidious type of patriarchal evil that masquerades as a nice family guy yeah and is actually all about power and control and the instant he cannot control somebody he seeks to destroy them yeah so i dislike that for personal reasons for general moral reasons and i also think it's just like really fucking creepy Yeah, he is really creepy. He showed up to intimidate her, and he did it with a smile on his face.
1: He showed up super fast.
0: Yep. And that whole move with the little thing that he saved from high school, which, by the way, how pathetic is that? But that love bombing thing of like, oh, look at this thing, you know, I I kept it for all these years. I came to
1: every performance. Yes, I came
0: to all six performances.
1: Yep. Well, I guess you earned your nice guy points for the rest of your life, huh? Exactly.
0: Yep that's equal to however many beatings you know like it's just i
1: supported you so much yeah
0: <laughs> uh, so anyway yeah he is my my most evil guy
1: Well, now you're making me feel bad for picking a load well no that that's also
0: <laughs> that's also valid Let, let's i, just I say... like it when we both have a different most evil guy
1: <laughs> let's just say there's a lot of evil guys in this it's... show
0: and and off this show.
1: <laughs> I look forward to the day where I can pick an evil guy that's a female.
0: <laughs> It'll happen,
1: right? Did I did I pick an evil guy that was a woman last season? I don't know. You may have picked Sally or pick something. Someone. I'm not sure. Yeah, We remember. should keep track. We should keep a spreadsheet yeah. of who's evil.
0: Yeah. Season three, I definitely have at least one woman most evil guy.
1: Yeah, well, that's yeah. a given. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> body count for this episode.
0: So, body count. We do have one death this episode, and it is a sad one. That's via flashback. The guy that Barry killed in Korengal, innocent civilian, and it's actually very sad. But on the positive side, uh, we don't actually have that many deaths this season
1: so far. No. He's doing pretty good at sticking with his uh, starting now. Yeah. Barry is not really killing anybody this season, so good for him.
0: But the writers are killing it.
1: Oh, boom.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, That was terrible. If you want to make fun of that mic drop or (laughs) uh, share your opinions on Barry, you should hit us up on social at MostEvilGuy on Instagram or Twitter.
1: Or at MostEvilGuy at gmail.com. And we are really enjoying hearing from you guys. So keep it up
0: yeah seriously it makes our day we are not professional podcasters although we do sound very professional thanks to jamie (laughs) lynn's fantastic work um but yeah we we both have like day jobs and other lives and so it's cool to be able to like log into the email and see that people are enjoying this
1: it's great yeah and you know we've we've been really blessed to have you know alec berg guest on the podcast and he Mm -hmm. has offered to come back And so we're curious, too, like if there's other people that you would want to hear from, um, we can try to make those connections. So let us know. Definitely. Now, Jamie Lynn,
0: do you have a quote to send us off?
1: I sure do. And in an episode of Heavy Conversations, I feel like this one is an excellent takeaway. Mm -hmm. It's from our man, Gene. I pray that human beings can change their nature, because if not, you and I are in deep trouble.
0: And scene.